Michaela McHenry, the Program Associate at Ponars Eurasia. And with us today is Richard Arnold, an Associate Professor of Political Science at Muskegon University. Richard, thank you so much for joining me for this Ponars podcast. Thank you for having me. Please tell me about your book and future projects you have coming from this talk here at Ponars Eurasia. So my book, which came out in 2016 and was published by Routledge, is called um, Russian Nationalism and Ethnic Violence, Symbolic Violence, Lynching, Pogrom and Massacre. In the book, I differentiate the aggregate concept of ethnic violence into uh, smaller types or forms of ethnic violence. And I, you, I, and then I developed the theory of ethnic vigilantism, <coughs> which... Um, which suggests that uh, perpetrators of ethnic violence use ethnic violence as a way of punishing minorities for alleged involvement in criminal acts or stereotypical criminal acts. So, and I test that against the uh, the case of um, skinhead violence in the Russian Federation, against um, Cossack or neo-Cossack violence in Krasnodar Krai and Rostov on Don against Mesketian Turks, there being none in in Rostov, I want to make that clear, and there being plenty in Krasnodar, despite the fact they're right next to each other, and then against um, particular forms of mass mobilisation, which were a number of pogroms in the first, uh, what, what I term pogroms anyway, in the later 2000s and early 2010s against ethnic minorities throughout Russian cities, such as in Kondopoga, um, and in Birovova and um, and Pugachev. So um, that's the book that I've uh, written. The projects that are coming from this, I'm actually currently working on a project with Olga Yakimova of Ural's Federal University, where we're looking at the decline in hate crimes um, since uh, looking at the data. Looking at the data recently, since about 2009, really, the data, the, the hate crimes have been on a downward trend in Russia. This has been accelerated at certain points, um, most notably in 2010 and also in uh, 2014. <clears throat> but explaining what changed uh, provides another natural test of my theory of ethnic vigilantism, which would suggest that when we see a decline in hate crimes, we also see a decline in accusations of criminality or criminal behaviour towards ethnic minorities. Um, and hopefully that's going to be finished soon and I'm going to be submitting that as a paper to theoretical criminology. Um, but I'm also interested in um, what happened to these groups' involvement in the Donbass conflict in eastern Ukraine, for example, um, where some of these people have gone to um, following 2014. Please tell me about your research into sporting mega-events like the World Cup and the Sochi Olympics in Russia? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was, I, I've, I'm interested in sport, and one of the courses I teach at my university, Muskingum University, is on sport and international politics. And so I was just very interested in the fact that Russia was holding the Sochi 2014 Olympics. I remember talking to some people who work here at uh, Yairez, um, uh talking to them, Sufian and Bob, um, and we're talking about just some of the threats that were going to come to the uh, Sochi Olympics, and if you remember back to before that time, I know it seems like an age ago now, 
But if you remember back to before that, the Sochi Olympics, there were all sorts of dire prognostications about um, black widows from, Chech yeah, <laughs> from yeah. Chechnya, and um, and you know, of course, this was this was dramatically demonstrated by the 2013 Volgograd bombings, and so you know, we had a lot of reason to be um, secure in that, or to, to, to believe that that was uh, something that might happen. But um, I decided to uh, to ask uh, if I could guest edit a special edition of Problems of Post-Communism on the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympics. Um, and we did, and we got some fantastic articles for that. And I guessed it with, with Andrew Foxall in London, who's um, who's the, the Russia desk, uh, the Henry Jackson Society, excuse me. Um, and... Um, and then I thought, well, having done the Sochi, uh, the Sochi Journal, and of course, um, I you know I made this point before. I thought a lot of the Western commentary about Sochi was really, you know, um, a bit a bit mean spirited. And I remember seeing pictures of double toilets and thinking, you know, th these th these things happen in every country. You know, it's a bit it's a bit unfair to uh, pick on Russia, but we. We quickly, quickly, of course, got uh, forgotten by the annexation of Crimea and um, the situation which Russia instigated in the Donbass and is continuing today. So against that background, I was very interested in looking at um, the 2018 World Cup. I thought, you know, in my, um, I, I, I thought, well, if you know, if there were threats to the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympics, there's going to be an awful lot more threats to the 2018 World Cup, which is played over. Um, I think it was. I think the title was eleven cities, and it was yeah. you know travel throughout the country. So I thought this was going to be the much uh, more vulnerable event, um, and so I guess edited a, another special edition of Problems of Post Communism, again with Drew Foxall, um, and um, and thankfully, of course, nothing actually happened at the uh, at the twenty eighteen World Cup. Well, nothing major. Uh, there were some minor incidents which we can, well, which people can uh, look about if they're interested. Um, speaking of the 2018 World Cup, um, I'm at, my contact information is on this website or on the page attached to this podcast, um, and I am interested in putting together a an edited volume on the 2018 World Cup, um, what it says about modern Russia and what sort of things we can learn from um, this approach, from this event, excuse me. Um, and so if anyone's interested in contributing a chapter, the publishers said to me they would like 12 chapters. We had a proposal with eight. Um, so if anybody's interested in putting forward a chapter, please <laughs> let me know as soon as possible. And I'm sure we'll, um, and I'll, I'll evaluate proposals as they come in. Um, but I'm, uh, furthermore, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just very interested in, um, you know, I think there's a lot of work and interesting work to be done on how sports policies can be used by states to promote healthy lifestyles, as has been the case in Russia, um, and uh, also you know, and also the cont contribution of sport to building a cohesive society. So those are more general topics um, uh, going into the future. Great. Uh, what are you currently working on? What's the next project? <laughs> Well, I have, so I, I have, um, may, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a good habit, I'll let you decide. Um, 
but I have a habit of taking on multiple things at the same time. Um, so I'm actually working on two things right now. The first is uh, a project surveying um, attitudes amongst Estonians and Latvian, or Russian-speaking Estonians and Latvians, um, and seeing whether they actually pose the risk of being a fifth column, uh, as many um, many commentators on the on the situation in Estonia and Latvia uh, think. And the second project is on uh, the Cossacks. I was actually in Ukraine over the summer, and I went down to Dnipro and I went down to Zaporozhye, and got to learn a lot about the Cossacks. Hung out with some really fascinating people um and um i'm just very interested in, in this idea of well who owns the cossack and what's the contribution of the cossack identity to um to the conflict that's currently going on maybe not contribution in the sense of initial cause but i think one of the things that's going to make this harder to resolve certainly is the fact that on both sides you have people saying we're the, you know, we Kazakhine, we Kazakhine. They're, they're saying, we are the Cossacks, we're the Cossacks, and uh, we're using, you know, and, and they're almost fighting over this symbol. Of course, the conflict going uh, a lot on Cossack lands. Um, I, I actually have, a, one of my interviewees told me uh, when I was in uh, Ukraine over the summer, told me that after they tasted first battle, some of the units of the Ukrainian youth will give themselves an oscillated, that's a, a stylized Cossack haircut oh. um, in, the, in the Ukrainian oh. uh, Cossack image. So um, <clears throat> that's going to be my, you know, that's my next monograph project. Um, the World Cup book is really, um, it's, it's an edited volume and that's something I'm going to enjoy doing. Great. Um, Richard, thank you so much for joining me for this Ponars podcast. You're very welcome. Thank you.